You're listening to Brain Buster Radio. Hey everyone, David Conrad here, owner of the Gorilla Position Wrestle Store. We're an online store headquartered in San Antonio, Texas, bringing you the best in original wrestling shirts, accessories, collectibles, and more. We're glad to be partnering with Brain Buster Radio, and to thank them, and to thank you, we're offering 10% off all purchases with the coupon code BRAINBUSTA. That's B-R-A-I-N-B-U-S-T-A. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram under at GP Store, or check out our website, www.gprestlestore.com. Remember, when you want the best wrestling experience, you gotta hang out in gorilla position. Hi guys, this is the Queen of Queens Massage talking. And I am so happy to introduce you to the Queen's Court. Hi, I'm the Asian sensation Kanji. You're listening to Queen's Court right here on Brain Buster Radio. Hello, hello, my darlings, and welcome to this week's episode of Queen's Court Wrestling Fashion. I for the smart guy, right here on Brain Buster Radio. Okay, you guys, so this is really funny. I decided that uh, in a group DM with my guests today, that we were going to record together. I was super excited, and I was thinking to myself, oh man, I'm going to have these guys on. What am I going to do? Well, firstly, so you know who they are, it's, of course, Queen and Pup Connection's own JPQ from No Particular Angle Podcast, as if I would do a wrestling fashion episode without my main man, JPQ. Y'all tripping if you think that was going to happen. And Anthony Suter makes his return to Queen's Court for this episode. Of course, Anthony is from the Smart to Death Podcast. You guys, it's going to be great. So immediately I was super excited to have both of these guys and me together to chat. But I was thinking to myself, man, what are we going to talk about? So I texted JPQ on the side and I said, listen, wouldn't it be fun if we did a wrestling fashion episode but didn't tell Anthony? (laughs) And of course, JPQ was on board. So I'm not going to say too much else because we're going to reveal in this chat to Anthony what's actually happening in this recording, so you're going to get to hear the live reaction. (laughs) I'm really excited, and I can't wait for you to hear this episode and the amazing amount of fun that we have. So without further ado, it's time to strap in, babies, because we are walking down that runway, honey, in this segment of Holding Court with Queen. Hey, everyone. Kate Johansson of WrestleThoughts Podcast here, and you're listening to Queen's Court with the Queen of N.E. And you can find us, WrestleThoughts Podcast, with myself, Jamie and Callum, every Sunday on Brain Buster Radio. All right, everyone. Welcome back from that quick commercial break. And as promised, I have them both here. I have the Queen of Pup Connections own Mr. JPQ. JPQ, how are you? I am doing well, Queen. How are you? Oh, I am living the dream I have both of these wonderful people here with me right now, and I have some surprises in store, so this is going to be fun. Yeah, I think it's going to be exciting, and what's nice about it is that people think that Anthony and I are the same person, so to be able to get both of us on at the same time, we can finally put that rumor to rest. I know. I'm, like, really excited about it. (laughs) No way. No way. No one thinks that. 
I mean, good for you. Anybody would think that. Oh, Lordy Jesus. Well, hi, Anthony. How are you doing? (laughs) Oh, hello. I just barged in and and, uh, introduced myself, but thank you for having me back. I had so much fun last time. I'm glad we're doing it again. Oh, me too. I'm so glad that you're here. Of course, Anthony from the Smart to Death podcast is back on Queen's Court and JPQ is also back on Queen's Court. So I am very excited to have both of you guys here today. And, you know, we have a little surprise for Anthony. When we weren't recording and we said hello, he was like, where's my outline, Queen? Where is it? And I was, you know, for those of you who don't know, I am uh, extremely organized. (laughs) I have calendars. I have color-coded outlines. I have all sorts of things. But Anthony didn't receive one, and he was wondering why. Uh, JBQ, would you like to explain uh, what's about to happen here? And then we will let Anthony uh, open the outline that he thought was missing. Oh, boy. So for the third time going first time on Queen's Court, we have none other than hashtag wrestling fashion coming live from the castle itself. That's right. It's happening. Live from the castle, live from the big ballroom that I've turned into a runway. Yes, that's right, Anthony. It's (laughs) wrestling fashion. I for the smart guy. Oh no! So you can please open this this beautiful outline I made for you. It's it, like there's some irony here that I didn't wear a backward hat the one time this happens. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> I am okay. wearing mesh shorts. Don't worry, John. Well, I don't expect anything other than that, pal. But you did come primed and proper, and I I respect yeah, that about yeah, you. Yeah, there you go. Thank you. Goodness yeah. gracious. Got a beautiful haircut, looking great, just in time for wrestling fashion. And uh, as you can see, we have quite a few things to discuss today, Anthony. We are very excited to start off with our first topic, which is, of course, as JBQ and I have promised on both of our previous fashion episodes, uh, Okada and his shorts. (laughs) So it's why Okada should always wear these shorts and not those dreaded infamous shorts. (laughs) Pants. <laughs> I've even provided pictures for your reference, Anthony, in this beautiful outline. But uh, for those who don't know, of course, Okada in New Japan, the current IWGP heavyweight champion, uh, amazing, one of the best wrestlers in the world, in my humble opinion, uh, has these shorts that he wears. And they are infamous for a completely different reason than the pants. <laughs> the shorts, this man has beautiful thighs. And when he came out with these pants and hit these beautiful thighs, uh, there was a large uproar. Wouldn't you say, JPQ? I think the wrestling world righted itself the day we saw him come back with the shorts. It was a skew. The boat had, like, taken on water. We were sinking. We were lost at sea. No compass. And then he finally returns, Wrestle Kingdom, thank God, with these shorts. Now, Anthony... As our wrestling fashion guest, you know, what are your thoughts on Mr. Okada and his beautiful thighs? So it's actually really funny you guys said this because I'm watching Okada versus Osprey the other day and I'm I'm looking at him and he's doing something. I don't I don't know what happens. But there's this massive cut in this man's thigh, right? Like it's ridiculous. How is anyone that like that in shape that his like you can literally see the muscle sitting there and if the pants cover that up it's bullshit. It's awful. <laughs> like, my thighs don't 
look that way. That's why they're covered in extra long mesh shorts, right? So, but I always liked the pants. I thought the pants looked like he was like a Japanese uh, Ric Flair. That's what it reminded. Like the first, my first impression of Okada was like, this guy's amazing at wrestling. He's a decorated champion, and he it reminded me of like the swag of an Asian Ric Flair. Wow. JPQ, do you have thoughts on this Asian Ric Flair and, and pants love from Mr. Anthony over here? Well, I think it's important to first point out that Ric Flair never wore pants. But he was over in the, Japan. Okay, fucker. It's the it's the it's the <laughs> the pa- it's the 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 like just the whole persona of like this showboaty man in this ridiculous attire. The robe that Flair wears is a t- is ridiculous as right. for these pants. And we can make the same uh correlation between the jacket and the the jewelry and the show in which he comes out to but not the pants rick flair doesn't wear pants uh so i think that's important to here's why i don't like the pants right first and foremost yes very gaudy very nice very colorful and a little gold trim never hurts anybody but the problem that i have anthony's losing it right now (laughs) i love this right now sorry the problem that i have is the fact uh, that Okada is, uh, we talked about versatility with regards to wrestling fashion. Right. And when you have somebody that can hit a drop kick uh, standing at about a four, four and a half foot vertical, well, you need to be able to show that emphasis off with those thigh muscles, Anthony, right? <laughs> and so when you hide behind garments the way he did for three, four months of the year last year, well, you're doing a disservice to the fans, let's be honest. Mm. Mm. I mean, I did pop when he uh, showed off the thighs when I was at the opening night of the G1. Let's just go ahead and put that over. I uh, did definitely we did we did pop, did definitely pop for that. So I I get it, but I like the th- I like the pants. Also, you know the Bucks wear their little frail flail whatever shit fringe? That they wear. The fringe. fringe. There we go. Fringe, bro. Yeah. I, just, I got I you get, back. I get why this is happening. Uh, but they wear their fringe at the bottom of their pants, and it shows off kicks and stuff. Why Why would these flashy, shiny, multicolored pants not also show off drop kicks? If the light hits right, get a nice little gleam, like glimmer of, of light into your eyes, get blinded by the pants. Are you Are you really going to... I just want to fight for the pants. Uh, you can fight for them, but you're going like to lose. So it's, a, it's a losing <laughs> battle, my friend. You're really going to put up the best dropkick in the business today versus a super kick like uh, no 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 but that but that's what you're saying because i mean again the athleticism and the versatility is there and all this stuff. no 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 you don't get the same type of airtime. you don't get the same type of hang time right you like that mr basketball uh-huh. <laughs> you don't get the same type of hang time when you're being weighed down by by three more pounds of nice, very, very pretty thin leather. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I think about these pants, okay? They're not tailored to his body. They're like baggy pants. Sure. When I saw these pants, I mean, they're not quite at the same level of baggy as like 90s rappers baggy, but we're getting there. So that to me doesn't make the same amount of sense in terms of his whole vibe. What is he supposed to be? He's the rainmaker. He's the moneymaker. He's the man of New Japan. So he comes out in these pants. They're baggy. They don't fit right, except at the waist, which they should, because otherwise they'd fall off. And, I mean, they have opulence. But then you put on the robe and his bling and himself, and it's just, like, too much of a good thing in terms of the fabric. 
Then you take it off and they're just sloppy looking, even though they're opulent and have great color scheme, which they do. They they don't they don't look right. He looks not put together. And that's not Okada. Just yeah, I, his personality, I, his his character, his presence as a as a wrestler. I would agree. And then you lose the shoes. Right? You lose the shoes underneath those pants. I mean, you're right. We're not Jenko level uh, uh, right. uh, fitting here. You know, but there's a little bit of flair on the back end. And it's got the disco vibe to it. And we already got the shiny colors. And let's remember that disco died in 81. So is it dead just, in Japan, though? Like most things in Japan get there late. Yeah, they've they're past it. They're they're on to uh <laughs> like I uh, like that you looked mode. up to think for it. You're like, well, hold on. Well, it's, <laughs> it's an important distinction. I mean, again, they're in the the emo Brit phase, the Brit wave phase right now, and that's why uh, Darren uh, Mags is such a big fan of Japan right now, is because he's reliving the glory days from the eighties. Yeah, I mean, I could see that for sure. Uh-huh. And and you're right about those boots, man. Those boots cannot be hidden. It just makes, you know, when you wear an outfit like that, when you come in in the robes like Flair, and you make that statement, and you take off the robe and you're in your gear, the man in this case is wearing the shorts. The shorts aren't wearing the man. Those pants wear him. He doesn't wear those pants. And that's how I feel about it. I think that I have, like, maybe my attachment to these pants and liking these pants is because the way they fit at the bottom where they're clearly too big for him at the bottom reminds me of my struggle as a short fat guy. Cause like, I always have to get the big waist and then like the bottom. It's like, I always wear fucking bell bottoms guys. It's real bad. Oh God. I have, to, I have to roll the pants up into the inside. Like my jeans, that's my professional jeans is when they're rolled up on the inside. Oh, so I Lord. get it. This is a struggle he has here. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that's all I have. I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that. Boot cut ant over here. Okay. Boot cut ant. Bell oh. bottom ant. Listen, bell bottoms were very in at a time. Mm-hmm. A time boot none cuts of us were, in were at alive. A time. None of us were alive. Uh, the boot cut were, were alive and well in the 90s and the early 2000s. They have now phased their way out for skinny jeans and skinny pants of ver- lots of varieties, especially in the in the female fashion sense. There's a lot of skinny everything. And uh, now we're in leggings. So, like, we're, we're good. We can cover up all of that stuff with leggings. That's how I feel. Anyway. You cover up all of that and nothing at the same time. Exactly. It's great. And they're very comfortable. But that's not Okada. Let's talk about the robe. Because I think the robe, the bling, and his look were really some of the most, some of the best in terms of fashion outside of WWE. So we've talked a lot about WWE wrestling fashion, JPQ and I. Mm-hmm. And now we're going to move global. And of New Japan's variety, I feel like Okada's is a huge statement piece and nothing is better than that freaking robe. And then I put this picture in for reference. It's called the smoke and he gives you this look and he's got the bling on and the, it's the redder jacket with the black and gold. And then he's got the purple one, which everyone knows that I love purple. And so does JPQ. We wear purple Mm -hmm. on Wednesdays. You know it. So there's that one. And then he, you know, classes up a little bit and he comes in as a total badass warrior with this sword going on and the bling gets bigger. And then he had a dinosaur. So, I mean, let's talk about the different variations of this rope. Do we like red? Do we like purple? Do we like even more opulent with the crazy necklace? How do we feel about this statement? This is very a New Japan flair like, as you were mentioning, Anthony. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a sucker for the purple. The red's, the red's a little too bright. It's a little too much for me, I think. Oh, a little too I much. Love- 
It's a little too much. The Tokyo Dome always has, so the center of the ring is super duper bright, right? Mm -hmm. But when they're coming in the entrance, basically all of the Tokyo Dome and most of the New Japan venues, it's fairly dark in the crowd, except for those weird gyms that they sometimes have shows on the like Road to Dominion shows. Typically fairly dark, so when he's coming in, I like I like the purple. I think it eases into my eyes a little better. It doesn't really it doesn't get like uh I don't know I don't know how to do this. This is how what I'm going with here though. The oh, red's okay. too much. The red's, red's too, much. too much. Red's All too right, much. the red is too much. JPQ, what do you what are your thoughts on this ensemble? I'm good with either. Um, more important, I like when he plays off of them together. Uh, there's a there's a jacket that he wears that has the fringe like Macho Man. Yes. Uh, and I think that that that's a win, and that works with the shorts because then you get a fine looking profile, right? It's a little bulky at the top. It's form fitting towards the end, and I think if you throw the pants back on, just to touch on that for a second, you know, you don't get uh, uh, the the right type of profile out of that. I, I guess let me ask Ant because he's he's new to this. And are you are you more in favor of a sloppy package or a tight package? I don't know if I want to answer that about your package, man. Not mine, bro. Oh, oh, sorry. Uh, I don't I don't know what this means. I don't know what that means. Sloppy like the, or tight the silhouette. Right. So, you know, when you're looking at so when the when the smoke clears and he comes walking out and you get that first look, that presence uh, coming down to the ring. Right. The showmanship side of it, that Ric Flair esque that you talk so much about. Are you are you looking for somebody that is a little bit more bulky in stature when you look for the IWGP heavyweight champion walking to the ring? Or is the aura enough uh, with a more slender frame? Uh, something that your eye gravitates to one of your oh, no, no. it's definitely it's definitely the more slender like there's an aura about okada right like so okada has always has this nice crisp imagery about him when he comes out like you can just feel superstar being it y'all both have been we've all been in the same arena as an okada actually you mm -hmm. can feel the presence and it does start with his look when he comes in because he's a little more slender he has um I, yeah yeah when the smoke clears the silhouette is a nice crisp image mm-hmm yeah, that's how I feel about him, too, particularly when it comes to his hair. His hair is very clean cut. He kind of reminds me of like a Ken doll in a lot of ways. Just like beautiful physique, you know, broader a little bit in the shoulders, really just kind of chiseled, but not too chiseled. And just like beauty in a lot of ways. He's just looks exactly like you would want your charismatic champion to be this handsome devil but he's just so talented in so many other ways that that comes out later. But that beautiful image you get right when he comes out and the money is raining down from the sky and you're just like, it's something that takes your breath away. I was, I was like blown out of my seat when he came out at the super card in uh, Madison square garden. Um, it was wild. So yeah, I think I agree too. When the smoke clears, that's the picture I want to see. I think we're going to have to copyright that the Okenda doll. I like that. <laughs> Ooh, I like that too. As long as it comes with the robe and the accessories, I'm all for that. Well, that's and extra. <laughs> yeah. That's, <laughs> no, if I you feel want... like you should at least get the necklace in the pack. Maybe. Maybe. No, Not the sword. No. Not the sword. The sword and the dinosaur are extra. But I, you have to have the necklace. It's part of his shtick. You have to. Mm. And if you okay. want to make it for toddlers, you make them a little Kazu doll. You could do that. Kazu right. Doll. Like a, like a little. Doll. Like a yeah, tiny like... one. Mm -hmm, like a Kazu Chibi. Yeah, big, big pop vinyl style Okada head. Mm -hmm. Very tiny with the necklace. Perfect. We just made a toy. It's, it's, we're, we're geniuses over here. But, you know, now to the accessories part. Because if you, you could look at this, someone from who's never 
like coming from someone who's never seen Okada before. And there he is, the huge gold bling, this massive jacket with the fringe. He's coming out like that. Is it too much or is it just enough? That's my that's my question for you both. We'll start with Anthony. I I think there uh I've never thought it was too much. Even my first like I was first introduced to Okada in like 2017 probably, so not too long ago, and immediately I still felt the same way. Like something about this long, flowing, brightly colored robe and a necklace. He's called the Rainmaker, he's got a necklace. Yeah. Shouldn't if you're called the Rainmaker and money rains from the sky, you should have way too much shit. Right. Like you should have too much on you. Like Conor McGregor is money. Right. Like that's his whole presence in the in MMA and the one time unboxing. And he wore these stupid ass robes and sunglasses and everything's extra. But that's the look of a champ. That's a look of money. Sure. It's perfect. Perfect for me. Love that. JPQ. Yeah. I mean, I find it to be the same. I mean, it's it, it's storytelling pageantry. Right. It, it, it There's there's a, a certain type of. uh uh, mystique that goes around with the IWGP champion. The big gold belt needs a lot of production value around it, and I think they do a good job with uh, Okada with regards to that. On top of that, I mean, let's be honest, he's a real-life uh, Final Fantasy character. And when you're going after that type of uh, that push with the jacket and then the shorts and then everything that he does and then the accessories that he's brought in in Wrestle Kingdom's past, again, it all just speaks to the overall uh, motif that he's running with, and I'm a big fan. Mm-hmm. And me too. You know, when you first see it, uh, like you, Anthony, I saw, you know, Okada 2016 into 2017. And, and looking at that, the first thing I thought was, this fits. This looks great. I'm not overwhelmed. I think it fit his character, especially once I got to know him more. I was like, oh, this makes a lot of sense. This gilded look, it's heavy, but it's supposed to be. He's expensive. He makes the money. He, that's what he does. That's his whole character. And great shout for the whole MMA thing. He kind of reminds me of of um, Mayweather a little bit. It's mm-hmm. that whole character. It's that whole vibe of what a champion should be. And he, he, for me, is one of the only people that could pull off a look like that. I feel like if it was on anybody else, I would hate it. Because it would be way too busy. It needs to be on somebody who has that charisma and look. Because he's so like clean cut, mm-hmm. everything else works. I feel like if he had Tanahashi type of hair, it would, I just, I don't know if it would go as well. Because it's just so much happening. But he's got this just beautiful presence that he just wears it very well. He doesn't let it wear him, like I was speaking to before with those pants. You know, and he went off the rails a little bit. He had, you know, we had this kind of fall of Okada and this rise again to be the champion. And he dyed his hair like pink or red or something. I was very thrown by all of that, which is why I wanted to talk a little bit about his hair. He has this very simple clean cut. But when he like lost his way, he like dyed it pink, I guess. Was it? Was it pink or red? No, it's it was red because that's what red. happens. Your, your hair looks pink when you have blonde hair and you dye yeah. it red. I know from a bad experience in sixth oh. grade. Well, <laughs> bad experiment, not experience. Same thing, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> both, both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With the curly hair, I looked like fucking Ronald McDonald. It was awful. Yeah, um, it's really not fun. But yeah, you're and he's six three too. Right. Like he's tall. He's tall enough to pull off a robe that long. Absolutely. Yeah, it works for him. I feel like anybody else. Not so much. But are there any final thoughts about Okada? Have we done him justice? Have we talked about it enough? 
have the shorts and the thighs? Have we given it justice, JPQ? I think we have. I think one thing that we uh, we should touch on before we move on here, and again, you need to give Okada his time, right? Yes. You need space to breathe with that type of uh, uh, <clears throat> that type of uh, creation, if you will. Uh, so to your point about Tanahashi, remember Tanahashi also has a very prolific uh, jacket mm-hmm. that he wears as well. The difference being is that Okada at 6'4", Anthony, not 6'3", uh, 236 versus Tanahashi at 5'11", um, you know, like a buck 90, is the fact that he comes out in a full coat, right? You see Tanahashi right. come to the ring. He's got the gaudiness. He's got the colors. He's got the patterns, all that type of stuff, the jewels and all that nonsense. But it's a sleeveless cut so that he can show off his arms, give himself a bigger profile, right? Mm-hmm. And then you have Okada come out, and he's literally wrapped up in that jacket, and he's got his arms through the coat, and his hands do not come through that coat when his hands are down, and it just gives off that bigger presence. And I think for big fight feels, no matter whether or whether it's uh, Tanahashi, Jay White, uh, Sonata in the New Japan Cup, that type of element brings a lot to the storytelling aspect that should be uh, celebrated more in professional wrestling. And it's almost like... I like the money thing, right? And he's wrapped mm-hmm. up. I like I like that description because it's almost like these guys that are facing him. Because let's be real, yeah, he wasn't champ for a few months, but Okada is IWGP champ. Period. That's that's what you assume he is. So if you if if you want to see the goods under the robe and under the necklace, you got to pay the money, and he's got to be in the money fight. It totally works completely with this Rainmaker image. Oh, beautifully said. See, you got this. That was well done. <laughs> the, sh- the, 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 the disapproval shame. from John. I was trying to give you some props. I thought that last sentence was great. Well, see, this is why you were on my double or nothing predictions, and he gets ROH. So, oh, well, well, first ever invited on a smart bill, just saying. Yeah, for Saw real. Saw the talent early. Saw the talent early. <laughs> wow. I mean, also accurate, but yeah. <laughs> um, for a future episode, JPQ, please make a note that we will be talking about Tanahashi's hair. Um, sure. we, will be, we will be doing that in the future. We're not going to tackle that today. That is a mm. lot of, that's a lot. Right. That needs like its own hour. It's a three-part series. Know? It mm-hmm. really kind of is a three-part series, the stages mm-hmm. of the hair. Um, but I think we're going to move on to our second topic today, which is a company we haven't touched on and is brand new, AEW. Now, AEW gear is a big deal, right? These are people that are uh, leaving other companies, re-debuting in a way of kind of who they're going to be in AEW and what they're going to look like and how they're going to come out, what their entrances mu- entrance music will be in some cases is different, obviously, from where they were before. And their whole persona and character might be a little different. So this is very interesting and kind of new territory that we get to kind of dive into for the past couple of shows um kind of what we think about the gear that has been shown thus far in uh the roster to right now so we can go from the beginning and until now and who we know is on the squad if you will and to talk about how we feel about what we are seeing now aew has a lot of diversity in a lot of different ways in terms of culture in terms of sexuality in terms of identity, it's very vast and broad, which opens itself up to some amazing gear opportunities. My shout 
that I wanted to give for AEW is the Lucha Brothers. Now, they're always really cool. Their masks are always really interesting and intricate and very interesting in Pentagon's face paint. But they really impressed me when they came out with the samurai gear uh, for Fight for the Fallen. Now, I know they had worn it at a couple other shows previous, but I hadn't really seen it up close and personal. And then they came out, and they just looked so damn badass. And I was like, oh, excuse me, we're here to play games with gear now. Okay, now now you have my attention. Now I'm ready. I already loved you guys for your wrestling, but now I'm really interested in what you're doing. And they came out with these amazing over masks on top of their normal ones and the, the samurai horns and the black and the gold. And it was such a large statement piece of like the samurai warrior. And, and I don't know, it just really took my breath away. I was very intrigued as to what this whole thing was, what the story is behind it. Uh, that's the kind of gear I want to see. And especially on a tag team. Oh, I'm so excited. It's really nice to see a tag team really kind of step up the gear game instead of just matching certain things. This was really fun for me to see. So I wanted to talk to you both about what you think in AEW. Uh, you found people are wearing that you are interested in or even maybe not interested in and you're bored with. So, JPQ, why don't you start us off here? AEW, how are we feeling? Yeah, I like that we're going the AEW route because I think even though it's a very small sample size, I think that there's a lot that we can pull from it and things that we might see continuing uh, when they get on television. And for me, uh, the two really standouts for me, and they're they're together, but they're different. Uh, they're different looks, they're different feels. But what I like about it is that they're keeping things traditional. Uh, all too often, people that come from Japan, we see some type of change in in their attire, change in their character. Uh, but more importantly, they go with this kind of this new age, like what we perceive as Americans, what Japan should be, right? And we mm-hmm. see that with Asuka, and we see that with the new Io Shirai. Uh, Kairi's kind of doing her own thing. Uh, but but we see this kind of this new age, this this you know, kind of uh, fluorescent, highlighter colored, a lot of blinky lights, technology driven side of Japan. And then you have two people like Riho and Yuka Sakazaki. And and when they were wrestling over in Japan or Thailand, for that matter, with Riho, you know, they kept it kind of conventional, right? You had your kind of your princess fairy kind of style coming from Riho. And then you had this uh, magical girl kind of Arabian Nights kind of vibe coming from Yuka. And and to stay true to that coming over, even for three quick shows, I think does a lot uh, with regards to my confidences about allowing these um, wrestlers to go out and kind of uh, continue their brand stateside. Right. And, and so for me, I've been paying attention to the Joshi side uh, of AEW and kind of how are they going to repackage, rebrand or or play uh, to the, the audience, the, the American audience, so to speak, uh, with regards to, you know, these characters and the fact that they've been able to stay true to form number one. But then, too, you get to see how these styles kind of play into like there's no doubt about it that Yuka's uh, genie attire uh, plays to that magical girl essence when she f- is flying off the top ropes and she's jumping from rope to rope um, and, and doing her move sets. It only adds to the theater that we see in the ring, number one. And number two, it allows me to suspend my disbelief and with, with, with regards to what the character is doing. I think both of them are succeeding very well at that right now, and I'm glad to see that AEW is holding true to form with allowing them to go out and be who they are. 
Yeah, I love that too. You guys know that I really like Yuka a lot. Mm-hmm. Just seeing mm-hmm. her wrestle and perform is special, but the her entrance and the music and her her entire happiness just radiates off of her. And you're right. She radiates that magical girl aspect in her clothing. You know, it's like I Dream of Genie meets Arabian Nights slash Aladdin slash Princess Jasmine rolled into one. And they're bright and beautiful colors, the blue and the pop of orange. It's eye-catching in a lot of ways, not only um, for the color scheme, but its design. It makes her more interesting to look at, which only has you focusing on her more as she's wrestling, because you're like, oh, look at this, and it's moving, and it's flowy, and it's fun, and her energy matches that outfit, which Mm -hmm. is something that John and I had talked about a lot in terms of like how your gear should go with who you are. You shouldn't be wearing things that are totally opposite or don't help your character. And that really, I feel like supports what she's presenting to, especially this American audience who has never seen her before. Um, Mm -hmm. And I like Riho a lot too. Um, Her, her gear for me though is a little plain. I wish it was more colorful. I understand the the getup and I, I get it. I just kind of feel like it washes her out a little bit, especially under all of these lights. So that's just my personal take on it. I like the gear itself. I just wish it had different colors. Yeah. So the deeper pink, the lighter pink and the white that she wears. Uh, and she's got that kind of that dollhouse right. vibe mm-hmm. going on. Uh, to me, it, it always reads as unassuming. Like you don't you don't expect her to be able to to hold her own against Nyla, right? Mm-hmm. You don't expect her uh, to be able to go up against Aja Kong, and and she's not a formidable foe, right? And then and, and then she she tricks your eyes into this uh, complacency with oh this is just going to be one of those types of matches, and then boom she turns it on, and all of a sudden she's figuring out uh, interesting combos, uh, pin pinning combinations, as well as you see that tenacity begin to come out, and who doesn't love a scary doll? You know, movies are made about this once a year. (laughs) And I think it just it plays to that unexpecting side. Like you're almost like you're getting lulled to sleep. And then all of a sudden she turns it on. and You're like, holy shit, like that worked. Right. And that's why I'm a big fan of of her look overall, because it is very unassuming. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. Anthony, what do you think about these choices? So I like that we talked about how the big thing about AEW is they're getting to be themselves, right? So everyone's gotten to lean into who they are, present themselves as who they are. So that's worked out really nicely for some people. It's worked out really poorly for me for like a like a Kip Sabian, whose look is very boring. Uh, even Sammy Guevara, whose personality – like Sammy Guevara has a personality that lives beyond his plain looks, so we're fine here. But my the most impressive thing to me was that fight for the Fallen, and it was Sunny Kiss. And because in 2019, I think it is so incredibly important for us to Sunny Kiss is extremely flamboyant, has ha, always has been. He brings people's faces to his ass. I mean, like that's a thing, right? Like he dances, he has a split drop kick, all that great stuff. He came out to a drum line. And what I thought was the nicest thing you could possibly do having a show in Jacksonville was wear a half shirt Jalen Ramsey jersey because Jalen Ramsey is one of the most flamboyant characters in all of the NFL yes character not player uh, flamboyant he says some things that are just very strange and they're out there and he just leans into this side of him where Jalen Ramsey's character personality is not that of a football player he's kind of a flamboyant dude he's kind of a soft dude 
Uh, Sunny Kiss is a male wrestler. He's flamboyant, kind of a soft dude. And it matched so well, and it's such a huge statement to me, I, I think. Like, yes, that is also your top player. That is the top player of the Jacksonville Jaguars. But there's something else there. And I thought that when I saw this happen and him come out uh, against Peter Avalon, who has a great look himself, I think, and the robe I think works really well for him with the mustache and the t- and the ponytail. Uh, but I also like I'm a I'm I'm a bit of a mark for Peter Avalon, so there's some bias there. But I just thought <laughs> that it worked. I thought it worked really well, and it also made him those two guys next to each other. Sunny Kiss had an entrance like a superstar. He had a look like a superstar. He had a dancer. Everything about that man said. This is must-see TV, and this is what makes AEW different. Sunny Kiss makes AEW different. Very, very big to me, that attire choice. Yeah, I think so, too. And it was awesome to see how over Sunny Kiss was with that crowd. Got charisma for days. He could lend some charisma to some other people who need it because he's got extra. It's in buckets. It's mm-hmm. just the presentation of his character and the outfits that he wears. It's perfect for who he is. And that makeup, honey, is snatched to the gods. And he looks like a total beautiful package of, of himself. And mm-hmm. that's what I love about Sunny Kiss. Absolutely. And it's important It's important to have that kind of figure, not just because it works so well for him, but if all elite wrestling thing is that wrestling is for everyone, mm-hmm. like we're kind of outcasts as wrestling fans. We're not, it's not cool. Like it was in the nineties. Like we're not the cool kids. We're the outcasts that like this niche thing. So you need a sunny kiss that owns that. He is sunny kiss. Doesn't give a shit whether you like what he is or not. That's who he is. I think it's such a huge statement from him and from the company. Yeah, absolutely. JPQ, you got some thoughts on sunny kiss. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree with everything everybody's saying. I think that the, I think my favorite part about that whole uh, introduction to Sunny Kiss is the fact that it, it can be ruined, right? Like you put Sunny Kiss uh, with, with everything, just keep the character the same, and you put him in WWE where everything gets overexposed and oversaturated. You know, there is a fine balance to that character. And AEW, with regards to the entrance, uh, you know, the the dance routine, bringing the cheerleaders out, it was just enough of pageantry and celebration without being too over the top. And, and people can lend that to, to budgetary or to production or wh- whatever. At the end of the day, it was just enough to kind of get a point or get the point across of who he is and what his character is about and and what he's about as a as as a wrestler, uh, without grandstanding on it. In in a in a way that is exploiting him as a as a as a character, right? Would like, you say Would you say it was just a kiss? I would say it was. Just, well, I think it's a little more than that. I think that was a full Frencher, bro. You know, <laughs> <laughs> one of those things where uh, they definitely gave him the time, right, to to yeah. get out there and get himself over, and he did, right. And but they didn't spend too much time on it, where it felt like it was a it was a concert. So I think they found a, a strong balance there, and I think it was a good representation of who he is. And to Queen, to your point, it's not easy to pull off a, a darker foundation with the highlights on the cheeks, and he did a great job with it. Oh yes. Completely. I'm glad that you noticed the highlights because they were on point. Mm-hmm. He looked great, especially because it was outdoors. That's not easy to do. No. Uh, it's very complicated to do that. And, you know, hey, foundation ain't easy to wrestle in either. No. It's not good for your skin when you're sweating. <laughs> Are you loving that co- that comment, Anthony? <laughs> yeah, I just know what all of these things mean. Yeah, of course. <laughs> Um, are there any honorable mentions for some fashion? I know we kind of picked our three major ones, um, but are there any honorable mentions for people that you were like, oh, yeah, like I like your vibe. I'm feeling you right now. Tag teams in general, because 
they are actually wearing matching colors in AEW, even when they've done the the six woman, the six man match. Like it's a little a little rough in the six man in the six man at Fight for the Fallen, but you had three guys whose personalities matched each other and they tagged with each other. But I've just been very impressed, at least on the the two for the two on two tags that. We actually, they are a tag team. They are packaged as tag teams. They match like tag teams. It is so damn important to me that a tag team wears gear that is at least the same color or else I don't believe that they're going to be a tag team for long because WWE has ruined that for me. Yeah, this is a major topic JPQ and I discussed uh, on, I think, our was it our first episode? Yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was our first episode of Wrestling Fashion when we talked about you know, is it necessary for a tag team to have matching gear? And I'm with you, Anthony. I like them as a package. I just think it looks better. It's cleaner. It's a unification. It's camaraderie. It's mm-hmm. uh, that brotherhood or sisterhood in a way where you are together. Now, does it always have to be the same? No. Does it need to coordinate? Yes. I don't think it has to match exactly. You know, there mm-hmm. are instances where you can wear something slightly different, but still be in the same theme. Right. In Co- which works. Yeah, Cody and Dustin both wore red and black. Yeah. They were very different gears. Yeah. And then you can you can even look outside of AEW, right? Like the Rascals, that's one of my favorite groups in all of wrestling. They don't wear similar gear, but they have a similar look. They're all tatted up. They're all kind of greasy, and they look like they just hang out and smoke a lot of weed. But yep. because they look like a piece, they look like one unit, and they work like one unit in the ring, you just buy into them more. Yeah, I feel this. I feel very similar about that. Honorable mentions for you, JPQ. I don't think so. I think if we're going to touch on, if I can go negative on AEW. Yeah, let's go. Um, which I know is going to get Ant onto a stir because you're not allowed to say anything bad about AEW to Anthony. <laughs> oh, uh, don't worry, you, I am too. Let's yeah. go. Uh, I, I got to go with um, uh, Dustin Rhodes. I got to go with the red suit and the red face paint. Uh, the gold dust, red dust switch up. It, it, I'm not saying it's lazy. I, all I'm saying is... You've been running the same gimmick for the last 25 years, minus the WCW run. You have the opportunity to switch it up, and either out of confidence issues that people aren't going to recognize who you are, uh, age issues with not wanting to 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 take the opportunity to reinvent yourself. I don't know what it is. I can't. I'm not going to sit here and, and speculate on why. Uh, I just felt that uh, just a color change on a bodysuit with no. Um, anytime you go sleeveless, it's tough, man. But especially when you do it with a bodysuit, uh, and then the red face paint on top of it, it all just kind of spoke a little slapstick to me, a little not as thought out as it should. Um, you know, it, it didn't it didn't connect with me on any type of level. I don't disagree with you actually on Dustin Rhodes. I don't. I I actually really don't care for him still wearing face paint. I don't know why you just don't go natural. Like if your whole thing is that you are trying to get away from the WWE, you broke out of prison. That's what you keep telling us. You told us that in a great interview with Kenny McIntosh and Inside the Ropes. Um, and you uh, you did nothing different. You're just. I mean, yes, you did. Yeah. You lost a lot of blood in a match, but uh, like you're Rhodes, man. Your last name has Rhodes in it. People are gonna know who you are. Yeah, it's like, it's like taking the old car and putting a fresh coat of paint on it. Yeah, or half a coat of paint. That too. Yeah. Yep. Dustin Rose was my negative shout as well. I was like, really? Oh, I'm bored. Mm-hmm. They're like a totally different you. You've left WWE. You're with your brother. You're in AEW. It's your last ride. Do something cool. Why not? Fuck it. You've been gold dust. You've, you're still doing face paint. You're, now we're just doing half the face. I mean, it's cool. It's darker. All right. But there's nothing extra. Like, this is a time you can just do whatever. Do whatever you want. 
Mm-hmm. And I just got this the same meh. Also, now everyone knows how much I love Kip Sabian. I love him a lot. I respect his character. I'm really into it. I love that he kissed the heckler. I thought that was great. But that green and orange gear, honey, mm-mm. We are not a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle. We need to get this together. It's mm-hmm. too shiny. It's too patent leathery. It's the wrong color for his character. No, 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 no. We, we need to show off that body and that face, honey. And we need to do some serious work. I can't deal with that color scheme anymore. That drives me nuts. I'm just like, you are so beautiful to look at. And you're fun in the ring. Why are you wearing these colors? It looks a, l- a little bit Nickelodeon, right? Like, yes. it's like it looks very, very Nickelodeon and kiddish. And I actually don't buy his character. And I think he's just fine in the ring. Kip Sabian doesn't really do anything at all for me. It does start with his look. It's plain. He's got, like, the gear looks like cheap 80s wrestler that you'd find at a wrestling school like yeah, one I, of the only ones that exist in the region i don't i don't actually mind the uh the green and orange um i thought it was something different brought a little brought a little something to the ring that i wasn't wasn't expecting at the same time i'm also not a i wasn't big on kip sabian coming in to AEW, so mm-hmm. he was still rather new to me i, I kind of knew about him i think where my disappointment lies with kip is that he's got all these fun finisher names and signature moves based off harry potter and he's yeah. british and all it but then he comes out wearing green and orange and it's like okay i can run with that color scheme it's bold it's different uh, he's, he's trying to pop a little bit but at the end of the day i mean you can't just have the deathly hallows part two as as your finisher and then sit there and, and not play up the harry potter side like for fuck's sake like just get to the point where you make the switch and now you're walking out with a robe and a wand and and I'll be sold on that. I will. Right. Or put something or like put something that relates to that or say something that relates to it instead of going like super bad. What does that have to do with Deathly Hollows? It just doesn't. He just doesn't work for me. Right. It just doesn't work. I get it. Harry Potter people love it because he names Nooms after Harry Potter. Mm-hmm. But there's <laughs> nothing else to that guy beyond that for me. Oh, lies. Expected lies there is a lot to him he just needs some <laughs> cohesiveness he needs me is what he needs to be his best friend and be like listen honey we're going shopping we're going to talk about your gear we're going to work on your character if we're going to go harry potter we're going all the way if we're going to mm-hmm. go super bad and like superhero status then we're going to do that you need to pick one yeah. mm. and it's a cheap pop i mean face gryffindor you know go with the slytherin yeah. scheme if he's a heel uh i will tell you anthony i think he's got more depth than you give him credit for and you should just jump in the pool two feet I probably you're probably right, and I will. I mean, listen, I I'm an AEW mark. Apparently, we've discovered on on this show. So, <laughs> you know who also doesn't work for me? I know we're taking a long time on AEW, and I hate to say this, and I'm gonna get a lot of hell for it. Jimmy Havoc doesn't work in AEW for me. His look, it's because of it's because of Darby I'm Allen existing. I know, I know. I, I like Jimmy Havoc. I'm not gonna say that I don't think he will work there. But right now, because Jimmy Havoc. And Darby Allen are so close to each other, it's too soon. And it makes Jimmy Havoc not work for me. It just okay. does. Can I ask a question? Go for it. Is it because he doesn't have light tubes and a paper and lemon? <laughs> Is that why he's not no, working for you? Well, I mean, honestly, like his wrestling, like, that's not why you watch Jimmy Havoc. You don't watch Jimmy Havoc to see him go in the ring. You watch Jimmy Havoc to do crazy shit and squeeze lemon on cuts. So right. it, you're not completely wrong. Mm-hmm. But it, I don't know. It just... I don't he's not done anything in the ring to match the way he comes out looking and Darby Allen has done things and it's like you can I feel like they come from the same kind of darkness those characters and Darby works for me but Jimmy Havoc's not working for me right now 
I think the, thank you. Anthony, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna drop hot takes. They can, yeah. they might be cold takes, but they're hot. Right. Takes. I uh, <laughs> I um I respect your wrestling opinion. No, um, <laughs> it's hard to to grasp the gravity of of the differences between Havoc and and. Um, Darby, when you're looking at the wrestling world through transition colored glasses, right? Like we know that everything is a little muted when oh, <laughs> you can't focus because everything has a shade of gray to it. So let me let me expand. One's an anarchist, right? And, uh-huh. and one is uh, a torture a tortured soul based off of of things that have happened to him in the past, right? These are this is sadness. Right. And anarchy. And they're two completely different things. And just because they they have the same type of body style, just because uh, they have goofy haircuts and they have this kind of this overall sad emo demeanor, it does not mean that these two are the same type of character. And I think it's important that when we look at how these characters are going to be fleshed out over time and we see a little bit maybe more hardcore. I don't know how hardcore AEW is going to go. Right. Like they'll do some stuff that's a little different, but I don't know how they're going to go full full on uh i hope they do yeah pay-per-views no why not but uh i don't know if the how hardcore they're gonna go so that might mute uh jimmy havoc overall right we'll see how how aggressive they'll get with that side of it but i think on the derby all inside tremendous depth in that character so far playing off the history of of the the experiences that he's had um you can't look at them one in the same and i think with uh havoc having more of this he has a bit of flair to him. He has this, you know, this UK, uh, you know, uh, the Sex Pistols kind of vibe. And then you look at Darby All In, and he's more of like the Crow, right? And I think if you start looking at it that way, you'll see that there's more differences than similarities between the two of them. But I'm saying in AEW because the Darby Allen character has been established, right? Like I didn't really know Darby Allen before. I know him now because of the Road Two series. Mm-hmm. You said all of these things because you know progress. Progress. No, I don't. Havoc. I did a whole show on it. You did a whole show on it. Okay. Well, <laughs> yeah, but the thing is, though, like, my wife is going to see Jimmy. She still doesn't know why. I'm like, Jimmy Havoc is awesome. And she – will she know? So to her, to a casual fan, to someone that's going to turn on TNT on a Wednesday night and see Dar- Jimmy Havoc, they are not going to make those difference. They're not going to see that. They're going to see Darby Allen is awesome and Jimmy Havoc looks like a wannabe emo goth – like accomplice of Darby Allen. That is my point that he's not working because there's nothing there to tell the difference. They haven't done that yet. They haven't done that yet. They will. Clearly. I'm they're very, right? very different. Yeah. I think they're going to eventually, right? Right now it's harder to tell everyone's story because we're building towards, right. of course, all out, but we're building towards TV in the fall. Right. So there's only certain things that that they can do right now. And right now, Jimmy Havoc's kind of just the guy that's going to put middle fingers in your face and try to punch you and do some things. Maybe on the programming in the fall, he's the one that puts you through several tables. You know, so there could be a different way. For me, Jimmy Havoc is chaos and Darby Allen is the Reaper. Mm -hmm. That's how I view them. And I'm hoping that we get that same distinction when mm-hmm. we go to TV. Yeah, Just yeah, yeah, because yeah. they deserve their separate spaces of darkness. Because there's, you know, darkness is vast. 
there's a lot of different things that they can do and they're on two different spots. And I, I, I hear what you're saying though. And I'm hoping that they, they flush that out more to separate them too. Um, because they're both so great in very different ways. Jimmy's right. the guy I'm going to call to fuck somebody up. Darby's the guy that's going to help me hide the body. Theoretically, yeah. of course. Actually, what's really Havoc's going to make you cry. Darby's <laughs> the one that calls you crying. <laughs> oh no. They have great looks, though. I mean, they have super yeah, great. unique looks. Absolutely great looks. Yeah. I, Tie it back to them. <laughs> Tie it back to the looks. No, they do. They really do. And uh, my last little thing on AEW is B Priestley. I was very pleased to see her in all of her heelness, top guy jean glory, and her outfit and her freaking hair and the dark lip, honey. Ooh, it is very difficult to pull off a dark lip, as JPQ and I have talked about extensively. Mm-hmm. She can do it. She can do it very well. Too. She has she has the lips for it, right? She, she, she has those full bodied lips, so you get a, a good, uh, especially her upper lip. Her upper lip is such a is so prominent that when she hits it with a dark shade, uh, it really pops with with the dark motif that she runs on 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 whatever she wears. And then the green hair works as well. She's she's very smart with how she keeps, uh, you know, a, a central color throughout her entire attire, and then she lets the pop happen in the hair. And she doesn't do too much with the makeup in the front. She doesn't. And her teal hair is better than Jay White's teal hair. Her fade is better. And it pops more teal. Whereas Jay's is more muted. You can see it when he turns. Hers you can see when you stare at her. But when when Jay White comes out, that's not the first thing that kind of draws your attention. Uh, the beard is a great choice for him, by the way, as a side note. But um, the the teal hair isn't as prominent as it is for her. And I think it works for her because it's a short, not a bob, but it's close. And yeah. it really um, frames her face in the right way uh, to make it have that pop because her skin's so pale. Yeah, and very heavy hair, too. So. Yeah. I was going to say the pale skin thing really make, works with the dark lips, too. The dark lipstick works really well for her. And her her theme really tied all of her look together really well, too. Is you're really angry and, like, she's a heel. There, you you heard the first note, and you're like, yep, this, uh, this is a bad bitch. She's going to fuck some right. people up. That's right. She is a bad bitch. That's a great way to put it. <laughs> and on that note, we're going to take a small break here. And you're going to hear a wonderful commercial for some of some of our friends here on Brain Buster Radio. And then we're going to bring Anthony into the wrestling fashion fold here and let him have uh, his shot at the fashion high and lows in WWE. What's happening, wrestling fans? This is Conrad Cushman from the Everything Pro Wrestling Podcast. And right now, you're listening to Queen's Court with the Queen of NE on Brain Busta Radio. All right, we're back, and it's time to officially welcome Anthony into the wrestling fashion fold with the highs and lows in WWE. Since that's how we kick things off with JPQ and I, I think it's it's time that Anthony gives his picks for mm. the best and the worst, the highs and the lows, the good and the bad, and even the best of all time. So we'll start with the best gear of the men. Now, JBQ, will you remind your first... Uh, your top choice for the best gear for the men. So I think if it, so recency bias plays a factor because there's a lot of options that you can go because a lot of men are doing it right right now. Uh, for me, though, uh, this this person, this character is doing it right on two different levels. He's doing it with his in-ring gear 
and he's doing it outside the ring as well, and that's none other than the return of Bray Wyatt. Uh, mm-hmm. What he's doing in the ring with regards to the face mask, the it's hard when you are so cemented in a character like Bray Wyatt and that Louisiana kind of backwoods vibe to be able to go uh, – not I don't want to say 180, but it's definitely like a 90-degree switch to more of a – uh, uh, horror carnival, right? Kind of feel to it, where he's got the 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 big tent pants stripes with the black and the red, and he's wearing the the Joker inspired mask, and he's coming out there, and he, and he's the lights are going off, and his braids are all they're still braids, but they're a little shorter, and they're they're more they seem to be more dirty than they were before. I don't know. Uh, it's just one of those things that uh, I think resonates as a as a good character profile. I think it's a complete character overall, head to toe. I think they put a lot of time and a lot of investment into how they were going to make that character look, which they should have done because, let's be honest, he was out for as long as he was. Uh, I think they're hitting on every right note right now when it comes to and horror and wrestling is not the easiest thing, especially with WWE. So I, I'm a big fan of everything they're doing there, and then. You know, uh, contrast to that, then you have uh, 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 Firefly Funhouse, uh, uh, Bray Wyatt, where he's coming out. And again, for his body size and the fact that he's a huskier dude. Yes, I said that on purpose, uh, but he's a <laughs> huskier dude. And for him to pull off the thin sweater with the uh, the button up underneath and, and still be able to make the skinny jeans work. I think that plays a, a lot into kind of what his overall character brings off the screen as well. And you see two sides of Bray, and I think they're doing both sides smart right now. Yeah, for sure. I agree. It's a great shout. My choice for the top for the men is Velveteen Dream. It's a man on a brand. He's entirely himself all of the time. His gear and his choices reflect that. He is another, like Okada, that wears the gear the gear does not wear him he makes that look as good as it does um his amazing choices for pay-per-views are always exciting he's always got something new whether it's the hollywood dream or the purple rain dream or whatever he's gonna do it's really special and exciting um and he when when he just shows up at nxt he's wearing something cool and that's how it is all the time in his quote-unquote street attire it's still velveteen dream it's still opulent over the top crazy fun lots of jewelry and back jewelry which he wore at uh takeover 25 which was crazy this bold back chain thing going on that was fun to see in person love that uh yeah i mean he's my number one it's hard to top that for me because it's just so on brand and it works perfectly for him so anthony your choice for best gear for the men right now So I'm going to go with best gear for the men right now is the best male wrestler in the WWE family right now. And that's Johnny Gargano. Oh. And the reason I'm going Johnny Gargano, there is nothing showboaty about Johnny Gargano. There's there's not. The the coolest thing is you always want to know at TakeOver what superhero is going to be on his ass. (laughs) <laughs> but there and I but I enjoy that because it's just a touch of his personality. The little leather dorky shoulder, like no no, no sleeve, sorry, sleeveless shirt vest thing works for him, I think. But there was this nice thing where when he's a face, he's using uh, Captain America or an Iron Man, sorry, an Iron Man kind of thing. When he's a heel, he's using the Punisher. It's a nice little touch to show the good and bad there a little bit. The other nice thing about Johnny Gargano is when he is not in ring gear. He is just your everyday guy. 
And that's who Johnny Wrestling is, right? He just wears jeans and a T-shirt. Jeans and a Johnny Gargano T-shirt. That's his whole thing, and he feels like an approachable guy that you could talk to that's just there. He's great at wrestling. In the ring, he's got tall kick pads. He's got the traditional trunks. He just looks like a wrestler, and he is Johnny Wrestling. I think I think everything of that he does works really well, and it ties his character together very, very nicely. So you like that it really goes with who he's represented as both in and out of the ring. It's a big thing to me that looks match character. Like, yeah, I, yeah Velveteen, like Velveteen Dream would have been my choice. Bray Wyatt would have been my choice. But third best being Johnny Gargano, <laughs> I don't feel like it's a bad thing. I mean, yeah. it's like I'm saying George Cena is is uh, the best look in WWE. So <laughs> oh, God. I, I would be George Cena. That's who I would be. Oh, God. Well, I went off on him before with those freaking jorts. I can't stand those things. I know. I brought that up on purpose. <laughs> I know. You did. But it, that's okay because it's not as much <laughs> as what I can't stand in, in the second round of stuff. JPQ, worst gear for the men right now in WWE. Who do we have? Ah, we have a mute. He muted us? I did. I muted Anne no. Queen. Muted Rude. Anne. Oh, okay. It's <laughs> gonna say, excuse me. <laughs> yeah, never. Um, I for this one, I went with a theme. I uh, I don't like grown ass men acting like children, and I think as you mature over time, there are certain things, certain things in fashion that you're not allowed to do anymore. Number one being, uh, once you hit the age of thirty, which I know Anthony is over, it's one of, you can you have to retire your jerseys. You have to. You can't wear uh, any type of jersey as a grown-ass man who takes himself seriously, let alone doing it over the age of 50. And that's why Shane McMahon ties for my worst dress, the worst fashion in WWE. I know people are going to sit here and say, hey, yeah, but he's got the Nikes, right? And and he does nice things with the Nikes. I don't I don't care. The They're fact Jordans. That he comes, They're Jordans. Respect I, the kick game, at least. I, I, okay, fine. Fair enough, right? They're, they're Jordans. You're right in that regard. Uh, and they are nice shoes. But at the end of the day, when it comes to uh, any type of jersey, let alone a baseball jersey, of all things, to wear a baseball jersey to the ring every single week, uh, it drives me crazy. It likens me back to the days when they used to do jerseys during the Attitude Era, and I hated them then when I was 13 years old, and I hate them now in 2019. So he's uh, tied for number one. But to keep with the theme of grown-ass men acting like children, there is one thing that we're not allowed to do anymore, no matter what our body sizes are, because we got to learn to love ourselves. As Justin Bieber says, right, we have to learn to love yourselves. And That's it's right. one of those things that there are no T-shirts allowed in the pool anymore, right? And when you have someone like Angelo Hawkins, with how talented he is, come into the ring wearing a full-on leotard and mesh shorts, he looks like a man who should be swimming in a pool because he's afraid of his body. And, and to me, when I watch him, as good as he is, and as good as him and Montez Fours as, as Street Profits are, I can't get past the fact that, that this dude is afraid of a little son uh, when, when he's enjoying his Sunday afternoon at, at the pool. So uh, for that reason, those two fall as my worst dressed for WWE in its current state. Whew. <laughs> Laying it out, wrestling, hashtag wrestling fashion hot takes right here. You heard it here first, people. And, and we, we stand body positivity. So, yes, absolutely. So get it together, pal. Um, but if we're talking shoe game, Tamatonga does it better. Sorry. Um, 
that's his those freaking shoes are tight the fade red and blue oh mm-hmm. they're good but that's just my opinion worst gear for men no secret for me it's elias i hate elias i hate everything about elias elias wears checkings and that is not acceptable in any shape or form or fashion sir and they're ripped jeggings with white fabric underneath them even worse it's even worse then he wears this flowery kimono crap and headbands and freaking bracelets and he's like a hippie but like a broke artist thing i don't know i want to smash his guitar over his head i can't stand looking at him anymore it does nothing for his character i will say though his boots are great if he's going out on a date but wearing them in the wrestling ring not so much hate that hate everything about it i just want those jeggings to stop it's offensive he looks messy i'm over it so there it is that was that was more succinct (laughs) than last time right yeah Mm -hmm. it was pretty good Although I have been paying attention to the jeggings, which is a weird sentence to say out loud. And I can tell you <laughs> that he does have an iridescent kind of tone to him because of that white underlay. Uh, not a huge fan of that. And, and he, he does look like somebody that, that puts on uh, free concerts at your local Planet Fitness. And that's no bueno <laughs> no matter where you go. Thank you. I, I feel so much better about that whole rant now. <laughs> you know... Yeah. I- on the first episode when you ranted about Elias, the, all I thought was, and I like Elias. I don't understand why she hates him so much. So Sorry. Sad. I know. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't do it. There are just some people you just can't stay in their face, and that's one of them for me. <laughs> Sorry, Elias, but I need to take you out to buy some clothes. Anthony, worst so my worst actually just came into my mind as you guys were talking about how like the jegging, like you talked about the jeggings annoying you. Current and I know he's not wrestling. He is not active. He's one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. I fucking hate Shawn Michaels look when he comes into the ring when he shows up on TV now. I cannot stand because I live in Texas. I do not need to see the man at the country bar that <laughs> I avoid like the plague in the wrestling ring. And he he has become in the ring this man with trashy cutoff T-shirt with a stupid ass cowboy hat and his dip can in his ass pocket. And it makes me so I watch WWE programming to escape this hell, this hot hell hole called Texas. And then I see like a relative of mine on the television like he reflects this trashy imagery of what people thought wrestling fans were in the 90s. Like he is now the stereotype, and wrestling is not that way in 2019. We have Velveteen Dream, for God's sake. We do. Ugh, I man, and it's just DX in general. I wish they'd all go away forever. <laughs> God, I can't stand DX. You don't want Triple H and Shawn Michaels coming out? I didn't when... want them coming out in the 90s and 2000s. I couldn't stand DX. To let you know, to give Seth Rollins the rub, even though Triple H was just a few weeks ago hanging out with the club in Japan. It's great continuity, WWE. Makes total fucking sense. And it's even more cringy that Dip Can Michaels does the (laughs) suck it sign. And I'm just like, you you are one of those away from never walking again. There's no way you can do that. Gonna hurt his hips in the ring in a cowboy hat. Oh Lord. Yeah, not not a great look. 
I think what frustrates Anthony the most, and, and what you forgot is the handkerchief also hanging out of the back oh. pocket. Yeah. Um, I think what, what, and then you got the heart tattoo, which is classic, the mom <laughs> tattoo on the shoulder. Uh, I think what, I, I think what makes you uh, most angry about that is as a real life cowboy, you have a guy playing fake cowboy on television, and that probably just rubs your spurs the wrong way, I would have to imagine. It's funny you said spurs because he's from San Antonio, and so are the San Antonio spurs. Yes, we get it. You have an NBA podcast. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Also, I am not a goddamn cowboy. Are you sure? Yeah. Yeah, positive. Never worn a pair of boots in my life. Hmm. Well, I don't know that any of us out here in the wrestling Twitterverse believe you, but... <laughs> Nice try. <laughs> Let's talk about the ladies. Let's save us with some beautiful wrestling gear from the women. JPQ, take it away. I'm going to start with everybody's least favorite wrestler right now, it seems, on the Internet Wrestling Community Twitter website. And that would be Alexa Bliss. Uh, to me, when she came out as Alice in Wonderland, uh, how good did she look? You're expecting Harley Quinn. You're expecting uh, this badass pink and black leather um, uh, totally in control, uh, mechanics type of, of glove with the fingers cut off kind of vibe. And boom, she hits it out of the park by going into fantasy land and coming out with, with a character driven, uh, smartly put together, just enough baby blue to clash with the pink, uh, all encompassing style that really, really worked for her character. In my opinion, it's very, it's not easy to take a face like Alice and to turn her heel, and she did a fantastic job finding that balance for me right now. Alexa Bliss in her Alice in Wonderland gimmick is is top notch for me, top marks. Oh, I texted you right away when she came out in this. Mm -hmm. I said, "Holy shit, Alexa Bliss is a fire!" Yeah, her entire look, head to toe, lashes to liner, lipstick to bodice spot-on perfection it does not get better than that it was it was so good that i almost changed my pick that's how good it was yep. i was just like oh the vibe that we got here the presentation the dark lip it was everything it worked so well for her and i love when she does that i'm over the leather stuff i get it but like this is what I want to see from her. It it made me have heart palpitations like the Sasha ponytail. Like that's how good. That's the status we're at. The Sasha ponytail that I miss dearly and want back. Mm -hmm. Well, that's the best ponytail in wrestling right now. And I will say yep. this to the wrestling audience. that Queen and I have about six different ways that we can connect with one another. Uh, and, all, and I wasn't watching uh, Raw that night. Uh, and I got six different notifications multiple times, or I should say multiple mo uh, notifications through six different channels saying, big pause, big pause, big pause, big pause. Did you <laughs> see what Alexa was wearing? you got to get to your television right now because this shit is on fire. And she was 100% accurate with that statement. That's true. <laughs> Wrestling fashion has taken over because it wasn't just me that wanted to know what you thought about it. And that's the best part. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. I, yeah, it's it's amazing how this has taken off. Uh, definitely a choice award. I'm bringing that back. <laughs> choice. Well, speaking of choice, mine is Charlotte Flair. Uh, you just... Uh, <laughs> she's let me down a little bit in recent weeks with her street clothes and lip selection. That does not negate her number one status. Sorry, it just doesn't. Those robes, that peacock robe, mm, money. 
I don't think there's a better robe than that one other than the black one with the blood red bodice and and uh, shorts. <laughs> oh, and the boots to match. Th- those two are like top fucking notch. And her WrestleMania gear, that periwinkle, mm-hmm. I can't. It was beautiful. The crystallization, the way she takes the robes that are like her father's, but so not at the same time. It's very uniquely Charlotte. It's tailored to fit her. It's got the beautiful little train on some of them. Some of them are just straight down, but that beautiful train. Oh, yes, that's it. And her hair has gotten much better. Her makeup has gotten much better, but it's just the outfit and the presence for me. It's nothing better than that. I wish I wasn't confined to the WWE realm because I actually don't particularly care for any of the females looks. I think okay. that they're all fairly generic. Uh, yeah. You can give us an honorable mention outside of WWE. Honorable if you'd mention. Like after. Yeah, yeah, I will. So let's go with. Um, oh my goodness gracious, who am I going to go with? Mia Yim. Actually, I think Mia Yim's look is really nice. She's Great the only time. one that I. She's the only wrestler as I'm like going through all of the women in WWE and NXT. She's the only one that I can see her look, her in-ring look, in my head. No one else stands out to me. I actually think Charlotte looks cheap. <gasps> I think that I think that her look is actually a little cheap to me. It feels a little bit like dress up. Sorry. <laughs> well, this has been your episode of Queen's Court. We're off to the execution room. <laughs> We're gonna be head a bitch today. Oh. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Yeah. Who's your Who's your honorable mention though? My honorable mention is the best looking all of wrestling right right now, which is Tessa Blanchard in or outside of the ring. I love Tessa's look in or outside of the ring. I mean, she's got a great face and beautiful, silky, shiny hair. And she Thank literally you. always looks like a badass that can kick your ass all of yep. the time. That's in her facial expression and her body language. I don't know that has to do with her gear though. Mm-hmm. It's not bad. It's good. It's just not great. It's basic. Yeah. She does, she does wear the best jeans in wrestling. I'll give you that. She does. Yes. She really does. But, but, but she, her, her in-ring is basic. Let me just point out, by the way, that as I said that, and both of you guys start talking at the same time, and I see your screens next to each other, I very much felt like I was being closed in on against a corner. I was like, oh, dear God, what have I said? What have I done wrong? <laughs> all right we'll forgive you maybe tessa mark um so okay so let's go let's go back to queen for a second and i I don't disagree i think impact when we're talking impact for example i think tessa does have a very uh clean aesthetic uh very very uh like we talked aura before with okada i think that you get that with i think her pose with her outfit with her demeanor i think that all works together as an overall look so i don't disagree with anthony with regards to that right Uh, so, um, but back to, to back to Charlotte and why Anthony's right but wrong, as per usual. Uh, <laughs> Charlotte is Big Bird, and I mean that in a loving way, right? She's, she's tall, she's blonde, she's got this crazy weave in her hair, and you need something to accentuate that, and a big, flowy, peacock-esque robe kind of fits that narrative pretty well, and that, that all works well for her. What she doesn't do well, which is why she's never going to be my number one, is what you said before, which is the street clothes. And and to prove that point, all you have to do is look at what Io Shirai is doing in NXT right now. It's the same exact look, uh, black tight top. Uh, sometimes it's a... Um, it's a it's a halter or it's a, a tube top kind of thing going on, and then the 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 tight leather pants, uh, shiny black leather pants, and it's just one of those things where uh, when somebody's doing it better than you and they're doing it on NXT, uh, I I can't sit here and make you number one. 
on top of that, again, we've talked about the brown lipstick. I do not understand for the life of me why she wears the brown lipstick because again, it just does. It's not a. It's not a very uh, friendly color on your lips, if you know what I mean. And it yeah. ages her up. It, it does. ages her yeah. way up. She looks like fifty when she wears that lipstick. Right. She needs that beautiful blends of the purple red brown. It's not brown. Right. But it's the sure. purple side. Yep. When she does that, it's on point all day, every Agreed. day. Agreed. I would give you that. When she yep. came out with that color jacket and she had the mm-hmm. matching lip, that's what's up. And that's where she needs to stay. When Any she wore browner, the, it's wrong. And more yeah. purple, it's wrong. That flat brown that she wore in the Becky feud was, yep. it, it's a disgrace to, to, to find lipstick, especially dark lipstick, right? Because it's not easy. And we saw Alexa do it right. And, and Charlotte can do it right. She has the complexion yeah. for it. It works with her character. Uh, again, it gives it's a very easy way to show that somebody's a heel. Uh, but again, that when anytime you go flat color on on a lip, it, it's just not going to work, and it's not working on the deep shades for. Her. Yeah, I understand that, but the robes, so she wins. Sorry, <laughs> it's a good look. I will get it's it. a good, it's a good when look. she's primary. When she goes red with that, strong too. It is. It's strong look. It just yeah. looks good. But now you know what doesn't look good though. I'm going to go first on this one because mm-hmm. I feel very passionate about it. Take them, honey. Is uh, <laughs> Ronda Rousey's <laughs> fucking shorts. Those fucking shorts were one of the things that bonded JPQ and I right off the bat. Sure. I cannot stand those shorts. Okay. She has a very nice physique. Why the fuck are you wearing shit that doesn't fit you? Why? Why are we consistently pulling down our shorts so that every time I watch you, I'm expecting your hands to be on your thighs pulling at those shorts? If her character in the next video game doesn't pull on her gear, they're doing it wrong because that's all she fucking does. I can't stand it. Her top doesn't fit, but those shorts are the fucking worst. I understand it's all like, uh, MMA, UFC, world, blah, blah, blah. Fuck that. You're not in that anymore. Wear a pair of shorts that fit you accurately and do not ride up constantly when you move. End of story. The worst. But even more than that is that makeup. Oh, that pay-per-view makeup, that Phoenix winged eye bullshit. Absolutely not. You look like you stepped into the makeup uh, palette and you popped it on your face with no consideration whatsoever. You ruined pay-per-view looks for me. Get it together. (sighs) JPQ, you're worst for the women. Okay, so uh, it's easy to go Rhonda. I'm not going to because right now she's not working. Um, So I'll take a step back from Rhonda. Uh, For me, and it's a shame, really. It's a travesty because I really enjoy her non-in-ring work, uh, in-ring gear, I should say. So uh, outside the ring, I will tell you Lacey Evans is somebody that should be celebrated for the dress choices that she has. I think they're very form-fitting. I think they work with her character. Uh, I love the hats. Anytime you get a fun hat, I'm a big fan. Um, it's not easy to pull off straw, and she does it well. Uh, <laughs> Anthony, it's just, this is this is terrible for you. <laughs> but but she does. And, and when she wore that pop of yellow coming out of... Um, uh, WrestleMania when she finally attacked Becky. I thought that was smart. I, I really enjoyed what she was doing there. However, in ring, I get that she's trying to keep the character over. But when she's pretty much uh, gallivanting around like she's the boogie woogie bugle boy of Company B uh, with the inseam, the dark inseams coming up the backside of her net or of her leggings, uh, the, the weird up over her belly button, I get what they're trying to do. Um, I just don't think that that's a flattering look uh, 
uh, overall. There's a reason that the society has moved away from that, right? And the the overexposure on the top uh, and the fact that she keeps like, um, you know, it, she puts buttons on it and then it, it's always a little bit different and she does the sailor gimmick and then she has the army gimmick with it. And, I, and again, I want to like it. I want to understand it. But for me, I can't take her. I, I like her in the main event scene right now in WWE because I think she's a fine placeholder, right? Ronda kind of kept a ceiling on that division. By keeping Lacey around, you will allow uh, them to flesh out some contenders like Ember Moon and some other people kind of coming up through the ranks as you have this little program with Lacey and Becky right now. Um, but it is one of those things where, uh, considering that she's in the main event, uh, considering that she uh, has such a interesting diverse character uh, or different character than we're accustomed to seeing on WWE. I mean, they went character based with it, which you never see anymore in WWE. Uh, I want to, I want to sit here and I want to like it, but I think the overall aesthetic fails on multiple levels. Number one. Uh, and number two, especially, and you saw it in the extreme rules uh, mixed tag. There is just no continuity between her and anybody else when it comes to uh, the the way she, her her compatibility is with regards to to the attire side, and I think that just drives me crazy. I didn't mind the Seth thing so much. I minded how long they stayed on the shot as she was getting in the ring, but overall, I thought it was a nice heel move. But again, it just doesn't work because again, when when that bottom is that high and that top is that low, again, proportions are just off and it confuses the eye. I also didn't like that shot. They stayed on it way too long, and they also didn't yeah. show the letters. So yeah, true. we all know what mm-hmm. that shot was about. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> Anthony, your worst of the ladies. Yeah, real simple, actually. I don't have nearly the description there. Rhonda picking wedgies all the time is really disgusting and annoying to watch. It's no uh, good I'm way gonna... to pick a wedgie. No good uh, way. No, no, it's, yeah, it's a lot. Anyway, and that's all I see when I think of Rhonda Rousey. Uh, the Iconics is who I'm going to go with because nothing that they wear is iconic to me. I cannot – like I just don't find what they wear particularly interesting. I think that they have a very boring look, very generic, very boring. Even their WrestleMania look? I don't remember it. So, I, yeah, it, could, it must not have done anything for me. Oh. That's all I have. I don't have any oh. uh, explanation for that. You think it's basic and boring? I do think it's basic and boring. Where's Josh when you need him, JPQ? <laughs> Trust me, he's gonna hear. He's already heard it. His ears are perked from Australia. <laughs> the iconics. Yeah, about him. Um, I love the iconics. I just don't think ooh. that. I don't think what they. I don't know. It's, their look doesn't do anything for me. Well, I think their WrestleMania one was the best one. Now, mm-hmm. I'm not the biggest iconics fan, but as far as the worst on the roster, I don't think they'd make my top low three. Mm. I could have gone Naya too. I think Naya's uh, look is really bad as well. Yeah, they don't do her any favors. I don't think. No, uh, they those make... hip flap things that they don't help her. They make her look like a monster. They dress her very terribly. It's really yeah. really bad. That works too. All right, we'll wrap this up with our last category, best of all time. JPQ, if you would. Your right. Best so... of all time. Yeah, so if we're going to go all-time WWE, um, a lot of factors play into it. And for me, uh, the the way it drives the character is important, right? And we talked about uh, how your attire can tell a story, um, can really kind of define who you are as a person. I think versatility plays a factor as well. Um, And what I like about this one character and, and his 
wrestling fashion over the course of this era was the fact that he was able to to find a way to make slight changes and alterations to it over the course of of what five six seven years that really kind of kept him in the fold uh and gave a nice serious undertone to the attitude era and that would be the undertaker i think the undertaker from 96 through 2001 I'm, before american badass and i'm not 100 percent on when the american badass came out i want to say it was 2002 during the ruthless aggression era but eh, i could be wrong on that um when he was corporate or uh, not corporate when he was ministry uh undertaker right when he got rid of the purple accents and the purple gloves and the big texas hat and the uh the high white highlight foundation and he focused on more of a, a demon type of feel when he used to come out with the shoulder blades that were all pointed out like a retro batman when he wore the crosses on his chest when he was in the best shape of his life and he had the hair long he had a tie back and then he had his arms out with kind of the Bray Wyatt um, singlet shirt underneath of it. I think all of that worked together. And I think with his profile, with how tall he was, he had the teardrop, the little accessory that he put onto it. I think they were all smart choices. I think it, it enamored me when you think him versus Kane. Uh, it read Undertaker. And it read a badass Undertaker at that. We got away from cartoon, but we kept the character. And I think they were very smart with the choices that they made. Uh, and then at the same time, his in-ring work with uh, the big boots, the old school, uh, you know, obviously his signature moves all played a factor and were all, uh, or were all elevated by, uh, you know, like if you're going to do a tombstone pile driver and it's labeled the tombstone pile driver and you have a seven foot guy who's dressed up in in this black attire who's who's nailing you with it. Again, it just works on so many different levels and it really helps to suspend that disbelief. So for those reasons and more, Undertaker, Attitude Era ministry undertaker uh, and i haven't even got to the hood yet uh all works for me number one look of all time wwe yeah that's a great shout i love that anthony for you so because of the two y'all picked which would have been probably where i went honestly taker would have been who i went with i think and also queen's choice uh i'm this will make you happy though queen's so i'm gonna earn some credit back for oh, hating ooh, on the iconics look the most iconic look to me outside of the other ones that y'all are going to, we're going to talk about here is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Mm. Oh, I yes. give him the best look of all time because, like, you know, I talked a couple times. I can see a look. I can see a look. When you tell me Stone Cold, I see two different – I see three different things, actually. I see Stone Cold we saw last night, just a Texas man in jeans. He does Texas justice, unlike that fucker Shawn Michaels. Just comes out <laughs> – Tucked in T-shirt, whitewashed blue jeans, hat, drinking beer. Then you see Stone Cold. You either you see him with the little, the Stone Cold vest and jorts, or the very short jorts. And then you also see him in everyday workers, working man, just plain wrestling gear. Black black trunks, black elbow pads, black knee pads. There's, it's just such an iconic thing that there's three different looks with Stone Cold Steve Austin. His character was he was the everyday working man that was rebelling against his boss. And he, in every facet of his WWE career, he was the everyday working man that you thought you'd see at the bar drinking with you. And I think that's why you put him at best of all time. Love that. It's simple. It's understated. But it's so classically stone cold. It's kind of hard not to uh, not to talk about it because it fits so very well with this character. And that, that means something. That mm -hmm. means a lot. Uh, but for me, unsurprisingly, I think people 
aren't shocked to know that it's Ric Flair. That's obviously why I love Charlotte so much. Just the presence of his character, you know, the wheeling, dealing, styling and profiling with those robes and, and the slow turn and the and the presence. I mean, the color scheme for his undergear wasn't always this great, but it still matched what he was doing. It was very cohesive. It was very clean in his, his street clothes for his promos. He was sharp looking and it just kind of went with the whole shtick. Um, I would also like to give a shout out to a tag team as an honorable mention, the road warriors, um, those fucking shoulder pads and spikes. It's just, it's iconic. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I just love that. I love a good like football type vibe that I feel like a spiky and kind of badass and the, the whole vibe, it just went with them. So best of all time, uh, though, Ric Flair for me. Yeah. Well, boys. That was that. Anthony, how was your hashtag wrestling fashion experience surprise? Uh, you know, other than I'm a very uncomfortable uh, critiquing female wrestling gear. Not bad. <laughs> not bad. I'm just like, I don't, what if I say the wrong thing and I say something really fucked up about a female? <laughs> this is hard to make a decision. No, you did great. Yeah. Yeah. For but it was fun. I, I had. I had fun. I always enjoy hearing John make an ass out of himself, so that's always a good time for me. Uh, I killed that. I don't know what it is. <laughs> but, but I had a lot of fun. Thank you so much for having me on. Oh, good. Well, I'm glad that you had fun. And uh, we're going to close out here, of course. It's the time to tell the Queen's courtiers where they can find you and put yourself over. So Anthony will go with you first. Let them know. Well, I'll only plug the wrestling stuff, not the other things that have been alluded to. I'll do that on my own time. But I do uh, Smart to Death every every Thursday, part of the Smart to Haze experience. We're, we're not at all. It does sound like we're ripping you guys off and y'all having a show at the same time on the same day. Mm. Anyway, Smart to Haze starts at, on YouTube.com slash Smart to Death at 7 p.m. U.S. Central Standard Time. Come check it out. Or the uh, audio is available on every major podcast playing platform. And I definitely have had both of these guys on here as well. Follow me on Twitter, join the Discord, whatever you would like to do. And uh, thank you, Queen and uh, and Sean, for bearing with me for almost two hours. <laughs> well, thank you for coming on. It's been a pleasure. And of course, you're welcome back anytime. <laughs> JPQ, tell them what's up. Okay. So first, I enjoy wrestling fashion. Um, I, I like the fact that we did. I like the fact that we brought Ant into this. You know, we talk about the fact that we're Tara Lipinski and Johnny Weir of, of yeah. wrestling podcasters, but now we have our own Scott Hamilton, and that's very nice. Oh, he is our Scott Hamilton. That's so sweet. I did like Scott Hamilton when he did all the Disney figure skating thing as a kid. My mom loved those, so that works. Yeah, it does work. So, so again, so we got a little team here now moving forward. So I appreciate Ant taking the time and placating to us with regards to this because this was a total surprise to him. Um, for me, one half of hashtag Queen and Pup Connection uh, on Wednesdays on Brainbuster Radio. Uh, it is one of those things where we drop a new episode every week. Every week is something a little bit different. This week uh, we have Alex Gracia. Gracia from Hashtag Watch Stardom coming on the show to talk about anything and everything stardom as well as what she's doing in her career. Pay attention to Alex Gracia, please. She is 18 months in. She's had multiple tryouts. She's worked overseas. Uh, She just got done with the WWE contract, so you might be hearing her name more times than not if you're following WWE, so make sure that you check that interview out. Other than that, no particular angle. You can follow me on uh, Twitter at NPA Podcast as well as at Big Paws on a Pup, and I'm around, so there you go. 
Let me put over <laughs> Alex Gracia one more thing, too. If you guys like his interview with Alex Gracia, you can see her wrestle on Sunday. Wrestle Circus, twitch.tv slash Wrestle Circus. Check her out. Her and Will all day are tagging it together. She is very, very fun to watch in the ring, and you need to see her. She is very good. Well, all good things to look forward to. And, of course, my dear listeners, you know what to do. Go follow my pal, Anthony at Smart to Death. And, of course, if you don't already, you got to get on the hashtag Queen of Pub Connection train and follow my pal, JPQ, uh, and No Particular Anger Podcast. Boys, it's been my pleasure, and I cannot wait for the next time we're all together on Queen's Court. <laughs> all right, everyone. Well, there's no questions today because I was on a little break while I had some family visiting, so I didn't ask for any questions, but we will do the Jester and Crown of the Week. <laughs> yes. So uh, the Jester of the Week Ooh. is going to Hulk Hogan. I don't understand why he's still on my TV. I don't understand why WWE is allowing him to continue to be on my TV and why he got to speak a lot and show up a couple times throughout this whole thing of the reunion last night on Raw. Mm, not okay with that. So that's the gesture of the week. But the crown of the week yes, queen. is going to Stone Cold Steve Austin for that amazing end to the Raw reunion. God, it's so great to see him. It's so... Uh, still to this day, so amazing to hear that glass breaking and him coming out look like a total badass and uh, just gives me all of the feels. I'll never not pop for Stone Cold Steve Austin. So you get the crown of the week and, of course, a cold one. That'll do us, my friends, for this week's episode of Queen's Court. I hope you enjoyed this really fun, amazing conversation between us three. And as always, my loves... Have a wonderful rest of your day, and please be kind to one another.